Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. Now, in our 16th season, with over 500 episodes in 17 countries, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here today with Rachel Johnson Greer and she is this amazing woman. She's an entrepreneur. She has teams that she's managed for mostly for Amazon and she has a company Cascadia Seller Solutions which is an Amazon marketplace agency. Now before we dig into all things Amazon, I want to dig into all things Rachel, because if I'm going to learn from you, I want to learn about you before I listen to anything you have to say, because credibility is king. Authenticity is where it's at. Welcome to the show today. So glad you're with me, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It is really fun. And it's, you know, such a neat topic that you wrote on because Amazon is part of my day every single day i either watch something i buy something or something you can see the packages right here a whole stack of them just were delivered to my house today from amazon i don't shop much anymore and i have this thing where if it's not on amazon i probably don't need it i am actually a huge amazon shopper myself and there are not that many days that go by when i go in and there isn't something waiting for me at the door and it's funny because this book is about, in a lot of ways, you know, the the areas where Amazon has let their customers down, and I really feel like it's important to talk about that because I'm an Amazon customer, because I find it so convenient, because I love how they help small businesses, but I don't want there to be this negative cost that's associated with it where they've cut corners in certain areas like product safety. Oh, absolutely. I mean, product safety is a big deal. And I think we've all, if you're a regular Amazon buyer, like I am, there's times where I get something and I go, okay, this isn't even close to the picture or this is used. I've had a couple of those where I'm like, okay, I've had pens that were dried up and I've had packages that were open and things put back together and the cable and the charger are missing. Now, those are going to happen in any big company we get it things happen amazon's always great about returning and exchanging or giving my my money back like you know so i can really shop pretty much risk-free but when it comes to products for my skin or you know it's one thing to order a pack of markers and be frustrated all the black ones are dried up and you have to return it it's another thing to put something on your face and all of a sudden you wake up in the morning and half your cheek is gone like like there's a big difference between ordering office supplies and the myriad of other things that are available on Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is what the difference is between buying from Amazon versus buying on the Amazon marketplace, because it looks exactly the same. If you're a customer and you're doing the search, whether it's coming from Amazon or it's coming from marketplace, if it's coming through Prime, you can't tell the difference on search. Like you can't tell who's being, who's the one who's selling it, right? So when you actually click on the page, then over on the right-hand side, underneath like, or right above the add to cart button, depending on whether you're on mobile or whether you're on a desktop, there'll be a little URL that says sold by. 
And you have to click on that and then you can see who's actually selling the product. And so if it's not being sold by Amazon itself, you don't have actually any recourse um, if something goes wrong. So there's been multiple lawsuits that have happened where people got injured or like you said, you know, hurt their cheek. You know, if you have to go to the hospital and now you've got these hospital bills, the normal approach in the U.S. is then to sue the company that sold it to you and get them to cover the cost of your your bill, because obviously that's a problem, right? Well, if you have something that's being shipped and sold by some random overseas company that doesn't have anything in the U.S., no property here, no money here. You can't subpoena them because they don't live here. Um, you're just too bad. Right, too bad for you. Too bad, yeah. so sad, right. Yeah. Oh, and a lot of people don't even realize that more than half of the sellers on Amazon are actually foreign sellers. And most of those are actually from mainland China. And so you have this situation where you may have bought something and maybe it lit on fire and it burned down part of your house or it burned you and you had to go to the hospital or whatever. And if you're trying to subpoena somebody or you're trying to get their information, Amazon will give you their information, but they could be some person from Hong Kong or Shanghai or something. And good luck actually getting anything out of that. Well, yeah, I mean, I've had that. I've had a, I've had a, a charger flame out. Thank God I have a granite kitchen. So it flamed out against the granite, but you know, had it been shiprock or, you know, granite, you not, not anything, not stone or tile, like it could have been a big disaster, you know, with flaming out and literally, literally caught on fire, flamed out, boom, we're all sitting there, you know, during dinner going like, Oh my God, that thing just blew up. Like, and it just, you know, and the whole cable, you know, turned brown and started crinkling up. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's on fire, um, you know, but and I've also had products arrive that were from China that were defective where they sent me a replacement right away. So, you know, it's one of these things where it's like a catch 22, you know, you're really gambling when it comes to buying some of these products. So how do you know, do you look at marketplace and look who the seller is each time you buy, if it's something that could potentially burn your house down or take your cheek off? Actually, yes, that's exactly what I do. If I'm going to buy something off of Amazon, I go and look and see who I'm buying it from. So one of the first things I do is I just don't even look at the ones that are clearly fake uh, brands, you know, like the ones I'm sure you've seen them where it's like HS00PNGY and that's the <laughs> brand name or something. You know, it's like it's somebody just like hit the keyboard and there's the brand name. Um, so the reason why they do that is because you get brand rights on Amazon when you file for a trademark and you'll never get any pushback from anybody when you file for a random string of characters because nobody else is going to register that. So right. they do that because it, it makes it easy for them to register the brand on Amazon. So those are the, those are kind of like what I would consider like a pop-up business. And those are the ones that I avoid at all costs because they're just going to make another pop-up business. If something right. goes wrong with this one, it takes them, you know, 1200 bucks, they've popped up a new one and ta-da, now they've got a new brand out there and they're running the whole thing. So that's the first thing I do is I just avoid those pop-up style businesses in the first place. Then if I go to the page and it looks legit, but then I go and click on the sold by and it says mainland China or, you know, somewhere else, I'm like, and nope, next. <laughs> because you don't have any proof at all that they're going to be there to take care of the issue, to make sure that something is managed, whatever. If there's something I really like, then I might do it, but only if it's for me, not if it's for my son. Hey, Rachel, I'm just going to jump in here for a second because now is a really good time to thank our sponsor. And our sponsor 
sponsor is Best Fiends, and we really want to thank Best Fiends for supporting the military community and bringing great shows like today's to the listeners, because knowing what to buy on Amazon for our kids is huge, and knowing where these things come from is even bigger. But you know what? You can depend on Best Fiends to deliver. They deliver joy. They deliver fun. They deliver excitement. And I know this because I am at level over 350, which tells you how much fun I'm having. And what happens with us as moms is, you know, we put our own fun, we push it down, push it down, push it down, and it's all about the kids, it's all about our parents, it's all about our friends and the PTA and all the volunteer work that we need to do. And there's nothing often left for us. And our time is usually wedged in around other things. And I've got the perfect thing to wedge in around other things because it is so much fun. It lifts my spirit. It brings me joy. It makes me laugh out loud. And that is Best Fiends. And Best Fiends is a free-to-download mobile puzzle game with thousands of exciting levels for new adventures and challenges every time you play. Now, there are dozens of unique fiends to collect, and you can customize your team of fiends to defeat these menacing slugs. And wow, do not discount the joy you get from beating up a slug. And you can power up your favorite fiends to new levels for even more powerful skills and watch them transform as they get stronger. And there's also offline play. So if you are stuck places waiting, if you are strained, Stranded somewhere. You are not stranded without fun because you don't have an internet connection. Best Fiends has offline play. Now, there are brand new events and challenges that pop up all year round. You've always got a chance to earn exclusive in-game items, characters, and rewards. And they're so cute, you guys. You have to, if nothing else, go and look at the graphics and the artwork because, you know, this little guy this morning had his fireman hat and he was this little bug. He's, you know, you know, Best Fiend Vega. He's so cute and he has his little hose. It's just really a lot of fun and it really does brighten up my day. So you've earned your fun time. Go to the App Store and Google Play to download Best Fiends for free. Plus, earn even more with $5 worth of in-game rewards when you reach level 5. That's Friends Without the R, Best Fiends, Friends Without the R. Don't forget, you matter too. You've earned your fun time. Go to the App Store or Google Play to download Best Fiends for free. That's Friends Without the R, Best Fiends. We're talking today with Rachel Johnson Greer, and she works in the Amazon Safety Division to ensure that products are safe for our kids. And there's a big difference between what's safe for our kids and what's safe for us. So if it's something like um, I have been buying these paint by numbers, and I'm quite certain that they don't meet children's art standards in the U.S. <laughs> these are probably not safe. Loaded with lead, right? <laughs> uh, I am absolutely certain of it, but I'm not putting it in my hands. I'm not right. putting it in my mouth. I'm not touching it. I'm not getting it on me. Whereas if it's for a kid, you better believe I'm going to be like, where's the certificate? Where's right. the documentation? I'm not having this anywhere near my kid unless I know that it's lead free or cadmium free or whatever else. Right. <laughs> I, was something- one of the, I was one of the full lead Thomas the Train buyers. Like, you know, I right. had a whole bunch of them <laughs> that were full lead until they got recalled. And, you know, everybody thinks like having things recalled is a good thing, has never tried to wrestle Thomas the Trains out of a five-year-old's bedroom. Like they're all lined up and where is Thomas? Where is Percy? You took Percy away because Percy was the green one. I think it was Thomas Red and the green. And you had to take him away from your own kids, something they loved. It's for their own health. But still, when your child has a beloved toy and you take it away from them, like it's traumatic. It absolutely is. And this is actually one of the the stories that 
um, I've mentioned before is a situation with my uh, former mother-in-law where she got a Hello Kitty lava lamp uh, for my older child. And it was funny because this is obviously something that my child wanted, like Hello Kitty, obviously fun. But I knew enough about Hello Kitty at that point to know that they don't license those products. Um, There's a whole like Hello Kitty is one of the most counterfeited brands in the world. And most of the time, the products that are counter, like if you see a Hello Kitty flask, for example, that is not a licensed product. Hello Kitty does not license flasks. <laughs> so, right. so there's, there's things like this where, you know, you don't think about it and like, oh, right. Hello Kitty would never license a flask. Well, the same thing with this lava lamp. So I went and looked at it and it's really easy to tell on any electrical item. You go and you take a look at the sticker that's on the product. All electrical items in the U.S. should have some sort of um, certification or some sort of proof of what's in there. Now, it's not legally required that they do that. It's just normal that they do that because there's no rule for that in the U.S. You can sell a consumer or anything, and if it breaks, then they're supposed to sue. <laughs> That's a whole different issue that you can just do that and sell it to consumers without any sort of certification. But what I look for is that certification on there. I'm looking for a UL mark, or I'm looking for an ETL mark, or I'm looking for a TUV mark or CSA. There's about seven or eight of them that you can see on there. And they usually come with a little code on there and you can actually go to like UL's website and look it up and oh, see, yeah. is this Hello Kitty lava lamp <laughs> actually certified? Because, um, you know, in this case, there was nothing on this thing at all. There was no certificate. There was no label. There was nothing. I was like, this thing is going to burn our house down. It's not coming home. And so I told her as nicely as I could, this looks like a great product to stay at Grammy's house. <laughs> Go burn her house down. <laughs> I was like, I'm not taking it home. So she plugged it in. Uh, my former mother-in-law plugged it in and it was on the counter in the kitchen. And she came over and she picked it up to move it. And she burned her fingers so badly that oh. she actually had blisters on three of her fingers. And this is why you buy certified products. <laughs> and she just bought it because it looked cute. She didn't realize that she was buying something that could have burned her grandchildren. And, you know, she was just lucky that I'm like not taking that home. That's not happening. And she burned herself instead of one of the kids. And so it's something where you can have all the best intentions and still make a mistake. And I know she thought I was crazy because I gave her a list of approved brands to buy from. And she was like, that, why are you trying to control this this way? And she didn't understand, like that wasn't her job. She'd never worked in product safety. So of course she didn't understand why I was so careful and so cautious about what kind of brands ended up in our house. Yeah, well, and you know, when you look at some of these things, like I, I always find it fun. Like I'm, maybe I'm not weird. You might know this more than than me, but I like to go and look for, like there used to be news of the weird, you know, where you go like and just read things. So I like to read the articles of like weird products from Amazon, you know, and they're always like hair removal, like effective home use hair removal. And, you know, it's non-invasive and it's got like wires and gels you know like to electrocute yourself um but they're expensive you know they're they're seven eight hundred dollars for um you know for one of these beauty things so when you buy one of these and they you know you can't find a tracking and stuff and you purchase it from amazon does amazon get paid no matter what happens with the product amazon gets paid as long as you don't return it So they are incentivized to make it as easy as possible for people to sell whatever product it is. 
So if you happen to be contemplating a purchase like that, like 700, 800 bucks, and you're like, I don't even know if this thing is safe. That's when you go to the sold by section. So on the page, you go to the right-hand side, click on the sold by. There's actually a button on the seller profile is what it's called that says contact us. So it'll say like contact blah, blah, blah seller. And you can click on it and it'll ask you, what do you want to talk to him about? (laughs) So you have to like, you know, click through the whole prompt thing and to where you can then ask a question that says, hi, I have a question about this product. Can you please provide me your certificates? And most products have a certificate. Very few products don't have a certificate of some sort. So like um, the desk that I'm working at right now would have what's called a general certificate of conformity to show that the varnish that was used and the paint that was used didn't have lead. Or the um, light that I'm using uh, at my desk should have some sort of certificate um, that shows that it's UL or ETL certified, or they're using a UL or ETL certified plug that isn't going to explode on your counter as you're using it. So most things... Right. And you're just kind of staring at it like, are you kidding me? Um, So most things have some sort of certificate. If you're talking about like a cream or something like that, depilatory cream or something for your face or whatever, then it'll have what's called a certificate of analysis. So the easiest and simplest way to try to figure out, is this company legit? Am I trying to get, am I going to get ripped off here? Is something going to be a problem? Is just to say to the seller, hi, can you please provide me your certificate? And if they respond to you, then that is a positive <laughs> because then at least they've done some sort of effort to do their paperwork. It doesn't guarantee everything, right? People can always fake things, but it's a much better place to start from than if they can't provide it at all. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, if they have a store page and they have all sorts of other products, does that mean anything? It does not mean anything at all. It is so easy to buy stuff from overseas and to bring it in and sell it. There are actual TikToks showing people how to do this. And it's been happening for literally, gosh, I think the first course that I know of that started teaching people how to go on to Alibaba and buy junk, like like rejects from factories and then sell it on Amazon started, I think like 10 years ago. So just because there's a broad variety of products And even if they've been around for a while, it doesn't mean they've actually done their due diligence. So it only was, gosh, a couple months ago that um, some of our clients even started getting requested to provide copies of their insurance. Amazon has been requiring insurance in writing for a long time, but they never actually asked for it. And there's a word for a requirement that isn't verified. And that word is not a requirement. So of course, people didn't get the insurance. (laughs) So it wasn't like, you know, people were able to, you know, cheat Amazon by giving them bad data. Like Amazon just didn't even ask. And so there were whole companies, millions of dollars in sales of products that had been bought from like factory rejects from China. They brought it over on like UPS, put it up for sale on Amazon and people bought it. Wow. Well, I could see that. I mean, you know, they probably were a lot less you know, they could, you could get a whatever brand something for, you know, a quarter of the cost. Absolutely. And so then if you had something like we used to do this, when I actually worked in private brands at Amazon, I actually worked on Amazon basics and some of Amazon's own own brands. And we used to have rejected products where we would say, nope, these ones didn't meet our quality bar. And what are the, what are the factories going to do? Like throw them away? I don't think so. They're going to try to find a way to make some money off of these rejects. Right. And so what ends up happening is sometimes they're actually selling rejected products or they have their own um, like kind of cheap brand that they offer to the American entrepreneurs who are doing this because 
there are products that they actually can't sell in China because of how unsafe they are. And then they sell them to the U.S. Okay. Um, it's it's actually really quite funny. There's a whole bunch of things that people um, buy from China that are made for sale elsewhere that can't be sold in China because they're unsafe. Sure, sure. And there's different things that you can buy and sell or not buy and sell in the European communities, you know, in Canada. Like when I go there, when I go home, I'm right near the Canadian border. I'm like, oh, I'm going to run across and get a whole bunch of things I can't buy here. Um, you know, but I think it's it's interesting that it's just kind of like the wild, wild west free for all. It absolutely is. And one of the things that I think is really important for people to know is the way that Amazon actually runs all this is they up to about two years ago, did everything reactively. So literally everything until a customer complained, until there was a return with a comment, until there was a negative review, until there was some sort of negative feedback, they didn't do anything. Oh, wow. So you could list something, you could you know, have something pop up and until it actually hurt somebody or almost hurt somebody or <laughs> lit on fire on your counter, then it was possible to literally sell to anybody, right? And so about two years ago, they started asking for paperwork ahead of time on the most risky products. So children's pajamas, cribs, um, a couple other things where, you know, like for infants, right? Infants are not capable of predicting the future. And that's the reason why you have to. But toddlers are. Them. <laughs> right? I mean, there's like a certain amount of prediction that you can make as you get older where you're like, if I use this or if I touch this, it's going to burn me. Well, little kids and babies have no idea how to do that. And so yeah, then they're like, most likely to be right. They're most likely to get injured. Right. So you have to have like there's what's called a higher duty of care when you're talking about making products for, for small children. And so now at least Amazon's looking for paperwork for that. But I think one of the most appalling and just painful experiences that I had as a consultant was probably about three and a half years ago is a little over three and a half years ago is when it happened. Um, we had a, a referral come to us. So it was a, um, a, a client who referred someone they knew and they came to us and said, Amazon shut down my pacifier clip because they said that a customer claimed in a review that it fell apart and her baby was choking on the pieces and she had to bend her baby over and hit her back so that she would cough out the plastic and she almost choked. And I know that my product is safe and I just need you to get it reinstated for me. It's a common thing for people to ask for help from a consultant on that because a lot of people don't understand how Amazon works. So we're like, okay, cool. Send us some of your stuff. We'll, we'll order it from Amazon directly and send it straight to the lab and get your test report and you'll be up in, in a week. We'll make sure it's expedited. So we sent it to the lab. I mean, this stuff happens all the time for, for safe products. Either somebody, um, usually it's because some other seller is lying about it. That actually right. happens a lot to try to get right. your Trying to take down. somebody, take Absolutely. the competitor down. Happens all the time. And so we didn't immediately think, oh, this guy's product is unsafe. We thought, oh, he's, he's under attack because he was the number one pacifier clip in that particular category. So we sent it to the fact that the, from the, um, from the Amazon stock like the ones that he already had available that, that were being currently shut down straight to the lab and it failed. It actually wasn't safe. Um, it actually did fall apart under the conditions that were described by that mother. And he said, I can't recall this because I will go bankrupt. And I said, okay, but you're just lucky that this baby didn't die. Right. And he said, well, I can't, I can't do that. And so he went to his factory and told them the issue. They made a product that could pass, sent it to their own lab. And it was an accredited lab, but these labs don't know where these samples come from or what the, the thing is. So um, got it tested. And of course that one passed because the factory made sure that it was made of materials and it was properly produced. So it could pass. 
he took that passing test report that the factory made just for making a pass test report and sent it to Amazon and got his product uh, listing back up. And uh, I was so upset by this that that's why I wrote my book. That was actually the first thing that made right. me so, realize so like, he can have like, a people need to know. Passes, but how many units did he have in Amazon that was given to innocent babies? It was over 8,000 at the time that he got reinstated. Wow. So to me, the risk is just too great. Like that, that's insane. There should never be a situation where Amazon's policies and procedures allow something that can kill a baby to go back up for sale under such lousy excuse for documentation. And that's really where the, the book came from. And the title is No Dead Babies. And that's actually something that we used to say to each other. Um, and <laughs> I worked in uh, recalls and product safety. And whenever you know my teammates and I, we had a day where there were no dead babies, no maybe dead babies, no potentially dead babies, just nothing about babies at all. We were like, yes, no dead babies. High five. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It was a very tiring job. (laughs) Right. I mean, we trust, you know, you think of these things like, you know, I can't think of how many things I bought on Amazon for my kids, never thinking that there wouldn't be some vetting for safety on our end. Yeah. And for Marketplace, there isn't any safety vetting except for this paperwork requirement for a very small number of products. That's it. So if you're buying something for your kid from Marketplace, you have no idea what the requirement is. And then for amazon.com, they also don't vet for things that they buy domestically. They only vet for things that they buy internationally and that they import themselves. If they're buying it domestically, they rely on the brand to provide them with safe product. The only difference there is that if someone's buying it and selling it to Amazon, they're usually big enough that you can sue. But do you really want to be the statistic? No. (laughs) I want my kids' (laughs) trachea open and working. I don't want something in there, you know, and and then have to figure out the legal aspects after. And the same thing goes for my animals. Right. Absolutely. And those, it's quite interesting. There was a case a couple of years ago in Pennsylvania about a pet leash that had a retractable element to it. And if you have a good leash, then it has controls over how fast it can retract. Like a good leash will retract at a reasonable rate so that the leash doesn't go flying everywhere. Well, this was a cheap leash and it went flying everywhere, hit this lady's eye and she went blind. And so something like that, a pet leash would not be flagged in any circumstances. Something for a baby absolutely would because it's a baby and whether or not Amazon is looking ahead of time or is being tricked by sellers, at least everyone agrees that something for a baby is risky. They're not going to immediately think of a pet leash as risky. And there isn't any review that I know of that's happening in the pet category. Wow. Yeah. Because I mean, when you said that pet leash retracting thing, I had one that cut my hand so deep because not only did it snap, you know, like it was my dog and I were running and, you know, having a good time and all of a sudden it snapped and it like zipped back in that thing so fast. It actually cut my hand like, you know, and of course, you know, it broke on the collar. So I just threw the thing away and went and bought another one, but I don't even know what I bought. I figured, oh, it was just that one was faulty. I didn't think of it as being oh my gosh, it's probably ripping holes in everybody's skin. Right. And then you just assume you're the one who had the problem. Right. And it wasn't that a whole bunch of other people had the same problem. Yeah. She just got really unlucky and it hit her eye. You know, other parts of your body usually heal a little bit better (laughs) than your eye does. So she just got really unlucky. Right. And I don't think that 
if you're buying from a company and buying products and they're making typically 15% per sale, that a customer getting lucky is a fair business practice. I don't think that's fair. And I don't think it's right for customers to basically be in a buyer beware marketplace. And that's what most of the book is about is how do you look at a product and say, is this safe or not? Because how many people have ever had to think about that? <laughs> you just right. don't. You buy it and you, you use it. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. You know, you go to Rite Aid or CVS and you pick something off the wall and you walk out. You don't even think twice about it. But how about fake brands on Amazon? Like I had to buy some diaper cream. Um, it works good for young people, but if you care for elderly people too, it works for end of life too. So beginning of the life diaper cream, end of life diaper cream. So I hadn't had to buy diaper cream in like, I don't know, 15 years. And when my dad came to live with me, he's 88. I needed something, you know, to, to treat his skin. And everybody said, use diaper cream, use diaper cream. Yeah. So I go on well, to buy. Moisture cream. <laughs> yeah. So I go on you know, Amazon. I'm like, look up diaper cream. And there's like three or four different, you know, famous brands that I've heard of that I remember when my kids were small. But then I started reading the reviews and ones like it came, this paste came and it was green. It wasn't this company. And I'm like, is that, does that really happen? Like products are switched and you get a like butt cream of junk? Absolutely. It happens. And it happens less now because there's been so much media attention about it happening with Amazon. Their whole concept was the concept of what's called a single detail page or SDP. And you actually can see it in the detail, the, the URL. Now you can see it says DP in front of a, a page sometimes. So that's actually where it's detail page. Um, and it, it just means this yes, is the I page. Yeah. And so that's, that's what Amazon called it, the detail page. And that's what has all the detail on the page. <laughs> and the idea was that any seller could list their product on that detail page as long as it was that product. So if you were seller A and you bought diaper cream from the Honest Company and seller B bought diaper cream from the Honest Company and Amazon bought diaper cream from the Honest Company, then all three would sell their diaper cream from the Honest Company on the same detail page. Gotcha. That was the concept. So it was kind of the opposite of what eBay put together. So, you know, with eBay, it's a seller and product page. Right. And then once you sell it, then the page goes away. Right. Their idea was that anybody could use the page and they could sell the product. Now, the problem was, as with many like self-service social media services that have happened over the last 10, 15 years, it relies on people having an ethical approach to whatever they're doing. Right. And while many people, most people in fact, will be ethical and will try to do the right thing for customers, there are always that percentage of people who cheat and then make a ton of money off of cheating by the way, because no one's looking. So what they would do is they would either buy, um, and some of them are like really, really dumb choices too. Like I had a client who just nicest person, but he got a complaint from a customer saying that he was selling, um, counterfeit, uh, I think it was like Liz Arden or something like that, but it was like some, some old school brand that you would normally buy at like, you know, a, a, like your you grandma know, would a buy it like store kind of thing. Store. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, I know this brand. I would never use this brand. I was like, no, I, I got a palette of testers. And so what I did was I squeezed the testers into new bottles. It's completely legitimate. <laughs> I was like, what? What? <laughs> what are you smoking? And he was completely just like, so confused because they were legitimate items. He bought them. They came in a pallet. They were legitimate testers. He just repackaged them so that it'd be more convenient for the customer. <laughs> and so you have people who are legitimately like 
trying to run a business and are just kind of like, wow, wow, that was not smart. (laughs) Then you have people who are trying to cheat you. There are absolutely those who are out there who are just trying to make a buck, who are selling counterfeit on purpose, either because they're money launderers or because they're cheaters of some variety. And there's lots of people in the world like that. And then the vast majority of people on Amazon are actually trying to do the right thing. The problem is that those people can't succeed when you have idiots um, <laughs> who are you know, screwing things up for everybody else, plus the people who are legitimately like thieves. So you have a situation where someone buys from the honest company. And so their price is say $14.99 because that's the map price. That's the minimum advertised price. That's what you'd agreed to. Right. So you list yours at $14.99 because you're a legitimate honest seller. Somebody else either gets a pallet and makes their own honest company items, or they're buying from China and buying counterfeit honest company items. And they've now listed theirs for $9.99. And so you are losing the buy box. The buy box is whoever gets to click to the add to cart button. Right because they're selling it for five bucks cheaper. And so the system actually prioritizes people who are willing to cheat rather than people who follow the rules. So Amazon's actually built a system that they claim is good for consumers because you get low prices, right? Aren't low prices always good for consumers? (laughs) I always find that that statement ludicrous because obviously price there's something that goes into price, right? There is no situation where I want something to be cheaper if they cut corners on safety. I'm just not interested in it, right? I'm not interested in the super cheap lead-filled buttons. I'm just not interested in those. And so there's not a situation where by default, cheaper is better, but that's how the Amazon system is built. And so they show in search things that are cheaper. They show in buy box sellers that are selling for cheaper. They prioritize people who are cheaper. So the people who are doing the right thing don't get the sale. Gotcha. Well, it makes sense. I mean, I've looked at things and gone, you know, I want to buy a set of pens and, you know, they're not, you know, collector pens, but, you know, do I spend $19 and get this that looks legit or then, wow, there's a $9.99 there. Why wouldn't I click there? Yep. And I did not realize. Pens were dead. Right. And then, and then they're all dry with your eyes. No, I didn't realize when I when I first got into this business about seven years ago, one of the first cases that I worked on was actually Gillette razors. and did some research and was like, really? Gillette razors are one of the most counterfeited products in the world. I had no idea. Wow. <laughs> some, of, some of the things that you just don't even realize, like because real Gillette razors to make a razor is actually somewhat difficult. And so they make cheapo crappy ones that are dull and much cheaper to make. And so then they can sell them as Gillette and make a bunch of money. Gotcha. Wow. So I don't even know where, like now I'm afraid to buy on Amazon. (laughs) I'm like, I have $95 in Amazon bucks, you know, from my credit card that, you know, rolls over there going like, Ooh, you know, but I mean, you're giving us tools to actually change some of these, you know, practices and recognize them. How serious does Amazon take their complaints when people put a post up? Amazon takes complaints really seriously. They'll take down listings, they'll take down sellers, they'll provide that information to law enforcement. They take complaints really seriously. My contention with them is that it shouldn't take a complaint. (laughs) So there are certain products that just should not require a complaint to be able to take it down. Now, something like a pet leash, I mean, I'm sorry about that one because it's really is horrible what happened to that woman in her eye, but something like a pet leash is just not a risky enough product in a normal course of business to justify jumping through 10, 15, 20 hoops to make sure that it's safe. 
but you can bet that that pacifier clip should have been independently tested by Amazon. And they actually have a program for this in jewelry. So if you ever want to buy jewelry on Amazon, if it's labeled diamond, if it's labeled sapphire, if it's labeled lab created ruby, whatever it is labeled as, you can actually trust that. They actually validate every single seller that's in the jewelry category and they do random audits and they send it to their own lab. They don't allow the company to claim that they made a diamond or they did whatever. They actually send it to a lab and do an assay and and investigate it under a loop like a real gemologist looks at these things. And if you fail, you're kicked out. So the safest and best category is jewelry. I mean, just of all the things, like I understand why right, of all the things because, where diamonds, right. and, uh, you know, jewelry, but a baby pacifier doesn't have the clip. same level of review. Exactly. And that's the thing that I think that Amazon has failed on and what I would like to see them change. So part of the book is, is here's how people have gamed the system and they, they put you, dear customer, at risk because Amazon's system is so porous and so reactive that it's really easy to game it. If you know how to game it, you can easily game it if you're that kind of person. Then as a customer, you have two kinds of sellers who are a problem for you. The first is the, the person who doesn't realize what mistake they're making. Right. <laughs> they saw a TikTok video. Right. They saw a TikTok video. They thought it was safe. Like the factory is making sure it's safe, right? And I always try not to laugh at those people, but I'm like, why would the factory care? They're in China. They don't care. Right. <laughs> you, you imported it. It's your fault. <laughs> and they just don't think about that. They just assume the factory is going to make sure that it's safe. Then you have the second type of person who is basically cheating on purpose. And those are the, the kind of things where I'm trying to explain in the book how to protect yourself. So what should you look for on a label? Um, one of my favorite is with toys. Um, if you have... Usually there's a label on the product or on the box that is confusing. A lot of people are like, what in the world is that? And it's some sort of string of letters and characters or just a string of of numbers that is supposed to tell the company if a customer is injured or something like that. And they send a picture back to the company and say, here's the thing I was using. Here's Here's the injury. Here's what happened. That they can look at that code and see exactly when and where that production lot was made. That was part of a law that passed 14 years ago after Thomas the Tank Engine stuff happened. There was a law that passed that actually made all these standards mandatory, made it to where you had to track where you were producing things, made it to where you were supposed to track where you were buying things from, where your factory was buying things from. Right, exactly. So if you actually follow that, your products are really safe. But then there are the people who don't follow it at all, right? So one of the easiest ways for like kids' products, and that's 13 and under in the U.S., to make sure that they're safe is to go hunting for that label. And if you can't find that label on the product, if there is no weird label that has some sort of funky list of letters and numbers, that means it's not got a tracking label. And if they couldn't even bother to put a label on the thing, then they probably didn't bother with anything else either. And so that's the first thing I check for. Like if somebody gives a gift to me, like uh, if I'm buying something on Amazon, I'm only buying from a brand that I know of for toys, just because toys are so risky to me. If someone gives me a gift, um, like this happened at my uh, baby shower years ago, and then of course, Christmas and birthdays, and the worst thing is for them to open it up. I'm like, ah, here we go again. And go look at the toy, look for the number. And I'm like, okay, we have to throw this one away. And you know, your kid's just like, no. And I'm like, here's what I'm buying on Amazon to replace it. There you go. You get this one instead. (laughs) 
Because I know, I'm not but gonna... there's that delay. There's that time delay. Yep, exactly. Because they got a gift and they wanted it now. And I'm like, I can't trust this. I'm sorry. I've had to throw away rings that people got because I could tell that it didn't have any of the right packaging. I've had to throw away stuffed animals. I've thrown away other kinds of, of plastic toys. Um, but if I don't see that code on there, out it goes. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Nara. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for being my guest today and for raising such an important point, especially for parents and for people like me who dumbly, blindly trust that it is what it is. If you tell me, you know, I'm paying this for this skin cream or for this toy, I, I don't, it wasn't in my consciousness at all to look at some of these and go, huh, okay, well, maybe it's not true. You know, like I know they say you can't believe everything you read, but I think when we're moms and we're overwhelmed and we're doing the best we can, something like that is an easy, oh, I can just do my Christmas shopping here, blah, 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 and then assume everything that we did was safe. And my goal, as always, when I was at Amazon and now is no dead babies. <laughs> No that dead babies. Cool. We want to hear that. No <laughs> dead babies and no dead dogs. How about that? <laughs> That's all good. So if you guys want to get a hold, where can people get a hold of your book? On Amazon. So, <laughs> yes, the book is actually on Amazon and it's funny because they're the easiest to get something up on. They make things so convenient, of course, um, but it's also available on Apple and on um, the Barnes and Noble uh, app. And it is also available um, in paperback form. We'd love that. We love that. And your website is Rachel, Rachel Johnson Greer.com. Yep. And, and Johnson is J O H N S O N and Greer is G R E E R. So Rachel Johnson Greer.com. No dead babies. Thank you so much for watching out for all of us and our future generations. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Thanks for tuning in to military mom talk radio. Want more information? Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on iTunes for more than 500 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom Talk Radio.